0: Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. More and more people talking about divorcing. Uh, I guess a lot of relationships under pressure cookers these days. Uh, So coming up after 10.15, Metrolinda Hammerschmidt will join us. She will answer your family law questions. So if you're thinking about divorce, if you want to know what your rights are, if you're in the midst of it, if you want to know anything about the court system, about custody, any of those things, she can help you. So uh, line up there and you can give us a call at 514-7900-800, or you'll text in your question at 514-800. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. Remember, you can always email me your questions to laurie at com. So I did get a question, I think it was yesterday, uh, and we had talked about this earlier in terms of, uh, there was a question about borderline personality, uh, no, about bipolar disorder. And uh, then came a question about uh, like obliging or getting a family member to seek, treatment so and then uh the same person uh, actually just drew sent me a link to the camh.ca so it's a health Canadian health uh, mental health site and there's a section on it and it, it actually says can i force my family member into treatment and this is what it says everyone has the legally protected right to decide if they want treatment also, treatment is usually most effective when the person has agreed to it. However, in some situations, the Mental Health Act provides ways for people to receive an emergency assessment without their consent. The first one is called form one. If a physician believes a person is at risk to himself or others, they can write a form one with a form one. The person may remain in hospital for up to 72 hours while they receive an emergency assessment. If the person is not found to be a risk to themselves or others, they can leave the hospital if they wish, even if it is against medical advice. If the psychiatric team finds that the person is a risk to himself, to themselves or others, they may be held in hospital under other forms in the mental health act until they are found to be safe to leave. Then there's, um, form two. So if you are concerned that a family member is at risk to themselves or others, you can request what's called a form two from a justice of the peace. This form allows the police to take the person to a hospital for assessment. At the hospital, a physician will assess the person to see if they should be put on a Form 1. Using a Form 2, of course, can negatively affect the relationship you have with your family member, so consider its use carefully. The police may also take a person to a hospital if they or someone else have seen the person behaving dangerously as a result of a mental health concern, or if they have a form one or a form two. So I hope that uh, answers the question. So there is a mental health act that you could refer yourself um, to with this question. And again, go to uh, camh.ca to get all kinds of information on uh, mental health. Texture wants to know, how do I get rid of body hair permanently? So a couple of methods exist. I think the most popular one is uh, through laser treatment. So the thing with lasers is you there has to be a good contrast between your skin tone and the hairs. So for example, if you have very, very light hairs, this is all the information I've gleaned just from having guests on who talk about this. but if the um, the hair is like blonde and you're fair, the laser won't work. It needs to have a dark contrast. So if you have dark hairs, then uh, that would work um, that would work fine. There's electrolysis, but that is for like small areas, which is a little bit different and sometimes a little more painful. but that laser is the only one I know of that gets rid of hair actually permanently. If you wax over the years, your hair grows back finer and finer, and then at some point grows back less and less. So there's that uh, as well. My girlfriend loves nipple stimulation. What about sex toys for stimulation? Any, uh, recommendations? So I don't know of any specific, uh, toys. The only thing I, you know, that, that are sold for like, for nipples toys are like nipple clamps. That sounds rather painful, but some people like that. So you can certainly look, uh, look that up. Uh, I imagine that you could use any vibrating toy on, uh, on the nipples as well as you would on the clitoris, for example. So, uh, any vibrating toy it could be a little tiny, uh, little tiny bullet or, uh, anything. It doesn't have to be big. It can be something very, very small. Another text says, I am 60 years old, never had sex, would like to find a girl and have children. I'm not quite sure how to answer this without any more information. Why haven't you been able to have relationships? What has stopped you? You can't just order a bride. I mean, maybe in some places you could, I don't know, but you need to figure out what is stopping you from socializing with women uh, and getting out there. So, if you've never had sex, I imagine you haven't had too much exposure uh, to the dating world and such. So you may want to figure out what the issue is that uh, that has prevented you from getting out there and take care of that before you take care of anything else. Uh, Texter writes, and there are breast tinglers that suck breasts and stimulates the nipples. So there you go. Look up breast tanglers for uh, breast stimulation thank you for that appreciate that all right one more question I've been having sex now for about two to three years within those three years I've yet to orgasm I've climaxed with clitoral stimulation I feel like I've been fairly close but I've never actually climaxed no matter how long after a while I just get bored and give up When I do have sex, it feels like I just have to pee. There are other times when it hurts and I feel like my partner is hitting my uterus. Are these things normal? Um, So you say you've climaxed with clitoral stimulation, but that is an orgasm, by the way. You just, what you're saying is you have not climaxed with penetration, which is what the majority of women report. Most women, the majority of women need clitoral stimulation to get there. So what you can try is this, try stimulating the clitoris at the same time as you are having intercourse. So whether you use a sex toy, your hands or your partner's hands, for example, in terms of the urination issue, I would suggest that you pee before sex or go to the bathroom before sex. And then if you feel the need to pee, try letting yourself go like let let go because it's most likely female ejaculation and not urination actually because your bladder would have been emptied of urine um but with particular stimulation your bladder fills up with uh, a, a secretion made in in the skein's gland usually related to some kind of internal uh stimulation which then is released through the urethra so you would feel the need to urinate at that point. Now the pain, um, it's possible that with certain positions the penis goes too deep, uh, which is causing you some discomfort. But not, nothing here screams out like something's seriously wrong. Maybe next time you see your gynecologist, just let them know what's happening. Let them know where you feel some of that, uh, that pain. But generally speaking, none of this is, should really be problematic. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori batito Once a month, Metro Linda Hammerschmidt joins us to answer your legal questions, your family law questions. I know that there have been, uh, there's a lot of talk uh, around uh, the offices of psychologists these days, or at least virtually couples seeking help, couples talking about uh, divorcing a lot of couples in a, in a, in a pressure cooker right now. And um, so, yes, there is talk about divorce, but before you go down that road, uh, get your questions answered and get some advice. Metro Linda Hammerschmidt is a lawyer specializing in family law, and she joins me the last Thursday of every month. Hello, Linda.
1: Hi there. I think we have to change the intro. When you say that I I'm on she, once a month, Linda, it sounds like I'm a period. <laughs>
0: dot dot right I, I prefer to be an exclamation point okay exclamation point and also i have to add she's on with aaron rend right so you're still doing those on wednesdays
1: yes except the last four i
0: think <laughs> aaron okay. hasn't been there he's He's had Dan Delmar and Ken Garner. Right, right, right. So otherwise, uh, you hear. Well, anyway, she's like the go-to person on CJD. How's that?
1: Well, <laughs> that's nice. But every every month you can hear but Once a month, really, just like.
0: I'm a you, curse or something. That's right. Every month.
1: <laughs> <laughs> although, although I'm sure there's some people out there that think I'm a curse, but that's okay.
0: Uh, well, you're you're good to us, and that's all we really care about right now. Uh, so if you have questions for us, 514-800, you can text in. Of course, if you want to speak to Maître Hammerschmidt, you can call at 514-790-0800. Anything happening? Any news about the courts? Like, we've been keeping track of this over the last four or five months about what's happening with court cases. All I
1: hear is that it's a nightmare to go into that building now. First of all, you can only enter from Notre Dame, not uh, St. Antoine, which uh, is, a, is pain. a pain for okay. people like me because we park down below. And then if you have. A lot of stuff to carry, you got to roll it up that hill instead of just going in and taking the escalator or an elevator. Right. There's that. And then I understand that all the little conference areas, the cubicles that um, uh, we can meet with our clients or other attorneys outside of the courtroom itself – Turns out to be uh, full of plexiglass, too, so they were already claustrophobic. Oh, no. I hear I hear that the heating is like they're pumping it in as opposed to whatever, and uh, you can only go in uh, five at a time into the courtroom, the lawyers, when there's a calling of the roll, for example. Okay. Uh, and I think that may be only the lawyers or people that represent themselves and uh, wait your turn, and uh, so not pleasant. Wow. For anybody.
0: Right. Right. Now it's better to get your lawyer to get the other lawyer to try to work something out and settle. Right. Instead of going to court. Exactly. Absolutely. So how are you meeting clients now? Are you doing it all virtually also? Not at all. I don't care. (laughs) What do you mean you don't care? I meet them in my office. Oh, okay. So you're seeing clients in your office. You're fine. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you're back at work is really what no, you're saying
1: no when I see a client
0: I go to the office right other than that I work from home right okay so you're alright alright good uh, so what is uh, so what's happening so if if like divorces are, are they on hold are they still going no through?
1: nothing's on hold but you but you it's a new way of doing everything getting your proceeding uh, instituted and then uh, if you have motions, you have to send it in to the court via email, and then they'll tell you when you can show up, or you can go there. But if you don't want to go there, then you have to wait, sort of like for an appointment.
0: So different and annoying. Mm. So what's happening, and what are people doing? Well, what, luckily, what I issues? spent
1: the last. The last uh, Few days working on getting an interim order negotiated, which we were able to do. And uh, the other lawyer, who's a young un, she uh, had to go this morning to have it filed. <laughs>
0: So, not, oh, you're sending the young ones to have them filed. Okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, Apparently their immune systems are better, uh, whatever. And, Is but, that... but she, she talk, I spoke to her afterwards, and she said it was not pleasant either. It was a nightmare of waiting in line and all of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yet they're taking all those precautions, and at the same time, and everybody's wearing masks apparently, another reason I won't go there, and, uh, but apparently everybody's bunched up outside waiting for their one, two, three, four, five to go in. So nobody's social oh. distancing.
0: Oh, great. Okay. So they're trying, that's the part I don't understand where people have to wait close, to, you know, if they're waiting yeah. close in line, uh, to get in there, but. So it's. it's so
1: I, I hope this resolves itself before the winter. They'll have us lined up outside.
0: That's quite true. You're absolutely <laughs> right about that. So people may be rethinking going to court at this point. They can get things
1: done without having to go to court. So, uh, you know, but uh, might encourage some people to uh, be. Uh, more proactive in negotiations than uh, putting up obstacles to them
0: why do you think people opt for the far more expensive option like going to court do they realize what it what court entails do they realize how much more money it will be if they have you know two lawyers going to court fighting this out over a a long period of time? Well, there are
1: many answers to that question, I think. Uh, Sometimes, first of all, I guess, is that sometimes one can't settle for whatever reason. The spread of the money is too much, or it's an issue of custody, and they just, one or the other, won't let go or give in to the details or whatever it is. And so there's no other option but to go to court. Uh, Some people go there so that they can make the other side pay money Mm
0: -hmm. and break
1: them. And uh, some people don't care <laughs> right. for how much money they spend, or so right. the other side doesn't get it.
0: Right.
1: And uh, there's all sorts of things that, that come into play uh, doing that. But, uh, I mean, I have a file that's about to become active uh, probably next week. And uh, I have done my best to uh, write to the client that, Are you sure you want to go down this? Because, you know, it's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars. And and the person wrote me back that, you know, I can't understand why it should cost that much to uh, protect the children. You know, that's just the way it is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Until somebody else comes up with a better way or, you know.
0: Or cheaper <laughs> I don't well, know <laughs>
1: People can, you know you can spend a lot of time uh, even if it's uh, less expensive it takes longer uh, still rack up bills right you have to pay experts to come and testify all sorts of things anyway
0: all right I have a question um, this was asked of me but when um, if you're a Canadian citizen and you marry somebody from the states, and they come here. What are the obligations, like? What do you mean? What are the? Obligations? I don't know. Like what? What are the? Are you? Um, you mean responsible for are them? As they're married. Yeah. Well,
1: that's that's more the immigration act than, than anything to do with divorce. But mm-hmm.
0: obviously,
1: uh, if they're applying to be uh, become a landed immigrant or whatever, they're going to be. Uh, uh, it's not my area of. Uh, expertise, but that you're going to have to assume some sort of a sponsorship of the person. Uh, on the other hand, uh, maybe the person that's coming here has a job. So, you know, uh, that helps. Right. And uh, so, you know. But what about if they divorce? The, the Canadian website, the Canadian government website, I'm sure it clearly spells all that out.
0: All right. Well, there you go. I'll redirect people there. Uh, somebody wrote, don't you miss the good old days in divorce court, all-out battle, name-calling with the judge as the referee. Love, life was much more simple. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I don't know where this person. <laughs> that sounds like television court. And it's
1: not that I haven't seen lawyers call each other names or almost come to blows outside oh, yeah, of the yeah, courtrooms yeah. or whatever. but uh, And that doesn't necessarily stop just just because it's nowadays. I mean, mm. there are, you know, people like anybody else that don't get along. and. One has to sort of like whip it out and uh, compare sizes and uh, decide uh, who's going to get uh, their point across in the most uh, <laughs> loud way possible. Right, convincing loud way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but here... uh, and so I, what I don't miss is back in the day when uh, people were allowed to smoke in the courthouse. That was a friggin nightmare. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure it
0: was terrible, terrible. Here's here's a question for you: If you are divorced, and never signed any papers concerning pensions, are you entitled to each other's pensions? Are you talking about, I assume, old age pensions as opposed to private pensions? I guess so, yeah. Well,
1: normally speaking, I'm trying to wonder how they got divorced without signing anything. That's interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen a file like that. Uh, like was,
0: would it be mentioned in the divorce papers the pet the the maybe they signed divorce papers without saying anything about the pensions Is that possible oh, well, normally you only have to say something
1: about the pensions if you don't want them split
0: ah And there's
1: particular wording that we have to put in so that it's clear that you're renouncing to the partition of the pensionable earnings and the regime they're on to Quebec, according to Article 102.1, blah, 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 blah. And then a judge has to also sign off on it. And you also have to have uh, pre-sent away for the simulation of the partition. And the government sends you back the columns of what it is before and what it is after so that when you say, oh, well, I, I don't want the partition that you're saying because you know what the hell you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't make it. Like I always say, you can't make decisions unless you have information. Right. So the government at least uh, wants uh, them to do that, too. Uh, so- and other than that, <clears throat> uh, I'd venture to say there's a three-year three, three year delay. Right somehow you forgot <laughs> to okay. ask for that okay. or if uh, you know wasn't dealt with at all although I don't know
0: would it be automatic what, what, what linda what
1: lawyer what lawyer would, would what reputable lawyer uh, would you know forget about that part of you know who wants do you want tap the you know pension you don't and it's only by the way the part that was accumulated during the marriage so right. somebody been working since they're 18 years old and they got married at 40. The whole period between 18 and 40 is not going to be partitionable. Right. Only after 40
0: when they got married until they get divorced. And, uh, you know. So, so let me, so it would be automatic then?
1: It's automatic unless you
0: renounce. So you renounce it. And so in maybe... order to renounce, there are rules that have to be followed. Okay, so maybe they need to, Look into that. Your questions answered by Metro Linda Hammerschmidt. If you have a family law question, tonight's the night. 514 800 to send in your uh, your text.
1: Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD
0: 800. Tonight, Metro Linda Hammerschmidt answers your questions. 514 800 to text in. Or you can call in at 514 800 She answers all your family law questions. So if you are thinking of divorce or you just, you, have, you need some information. You know, a lot of people before they go down that road, they just want a little bit of advice to see what their rights are. Well, she can tell you. So you can call us here. So I think that person wrote in again, Linda, and maybe using other words. <laughs> I don't know if they didn't get what you said are you entitled to collect each other's old age pensions if nothing was signed I think that's the same the thing that we answered so is it but is it automatic and and how how long ago was the divorce wouldn't you need to know that well yeah but if it's something
1: relatively recent I mean last 10 20 years whatever uh
0: it it is automatic unless you've renounced Okay, so automatic meaning what? They're just going to get a check in the mail? The the government gets a copy of the divorce. Ah,
1: okay. Okay, so then they'll do the paperwork and you'll see your allotment. You know, your new table will be sent to you because you may not, when you're getting divorced, be already entitled to your old age pension. It could be down the road 20 years. Right. Right. so but you'll get an idea of what you're you know and also your your amount will also depend on if you keep if you're working and you keep contributing now that you're divorced yourself based right. on what whatever you're earning and and uh, but you will see the the tables as I said when you get the simulation and afterwards that either your amount went up or it went down depending on if you know, you were the lesser income earner over time of the marriage or not. She says the
0: divorce, or he says the divorce was 13 years ago. No, well, it was supposed to be automatic, so. Okay, so it's, it's supposed to be automatic. This is what we know. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: By the way, uh, yeah. uh, something that I, I think maybe listeners are not aware of and could be useful for them to know when they're contemplating uh, you know, getting their divorce and to keep in the back of their minds, um, when, and and particularly this applies to people who are pensioners already,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you uh, ask for alimony, and if between alimony and your old age pensions and maybe interest income, and who knows, you could be still working just because you're getting a retirement uh, from the government doesn't mean you have to be retired. <laughs> it's just that's an age thing. Right. If... You're getting uh, a significant pension, and it puts you all in over eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Then there's a clawback on the Canada Pension Plan of fifteen percent, like okay. a penalty. Mm-hmm. Wow! So for for every thousand bucks over the eighty, after you've added everything your income in, fifteen percent comes back. back
0: off. Okay.
1: So you know, when you you know, you have to keep that in the back of your mind that if you're accepting a certain offer, you better do the math so that you know what you actually are going to end up with, as opposed uh. to what you
0: got. On top of having to pay, obviously, taxes, income taxes. Oh, on top uh, of on, that's not the taxes. That's on top no, of the no, taxes. No, no, no. This
1: is part of your on a, your uh, OAS.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's say it was ten thousand dollars a year, but now you're earning with pension, and I'm, and this is not for you know lesser income families right. but there are lots of not lesser income families out there. Mm-hmm. And so uh let's say they're then earning $120,000 all in with mm-hmm. support and whatever. Uh they're going to end up probably having to have almost that $10,000 taken right back off at the end of the you know the tax right. fund.
0: Right. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, I am paying child support and my business is closed as of March and probably until next year. I am in the event business. Am I entitled to an adjustment?
1: Absolutely. But in order to get that adjustment, you have to either come to an agreement with the person that you're paying the child support to and or uh, you have to go to court and change the judgment. You can't just do it by yourself and mm-hmm. say I'm not earning any money now, so I'm not going to pay anything. Uh, well, that's unfortunate because if you don't get the judgment changed, you'll be accumulating arrears, which are seizeable so from do you, some from some asset. Right. As so, so
0: does that mean? So you have to get a lawyer to do that? Generally speaking, I'm not speaking? saying you have
1: to get a lawyer, but it, it, it will be uh, partly dependent on whether the uh, the creditor of the support payment uh, accepts to renegotiate mm-hmm. now obviously it might cost them money too and given the odds and, and assuming that you know it's true that the person isn't
0: mm-hmm. any longer
1: working because some people can use it as an excuse as opposed to reality and they should bear in mind also that depending on your asset position courts have been known to say well you have this asset you going have to liquidate it because you know what you have kids and they got to eat right that that's
0: true too Okay. Uh, here's another question for you at five one four eight hundred. 800 What if one partner in a marriage receives an inheritance solely in that person's name and a divorce occurs after? Is the other partner entitled to any of it? The quick answer is no. Right. Uh, if you have taken that amount of
1: inheritance, depending on how... Far back in the marriage, that you got this inheritance when things were happy between you, and then you went and invested it in a family patrimony asset, or you invested it in something else. That if you were in partnership of a quest, then all the money gets commingled, and you can no longer prove <laughs> that you got an inheritance, or what monies were the inheritance and what monies weren't the inheritance, mm. and so on and so forth. Then, you know, the other side's going to have a better uh, claim to get some or half of whatever that was. I mean, if you put it into a house, a house is family patrimony, it's supposed to be 50 50. If you buy a house jointly and you don't bother to have a clause in the deed that says, uh, I'm using my parents' $100,000 inheritance. Uh, to, as a down payment, but if we get divorced or if we sell or whatever, you should put mm-hmm. all that in. Mm-hmm. I get that back before we partition anything else. Right. <clears throat> right. Well, um, so just don't assume that you're going to get it back and don't assume that you're going to get somebody's inheritance. Now, on the other hand, if you're getting divorced, you have kids, you, you, the one person doesn't work, and the one that inherited is, is a fairly substantial inheritance, courts are going to look at that as capacity to pay so it's not like you're right. splitting the inheritance but if it's earning money that goes into your income which is how you calculate child support spousal support so on and so forth
0: right okay makes sense And um, what type this person wants to what type of spousal support is required under law apart from child support
1: okay first of all
0: <clears throat> unlike child support We don't have tables
1: uh, that automatically calculate supposedly what the child support is going to be based on the incomes of both parents and the special expenses of the children uh, that need it. We do have advisory guidelines for spousal support. They are not law. Uh, A court can or not, uh, you know, uh, consider them if if they're filed and, and argued upon. Uh, But other than that, it comes down to Form 3 for both parties to fill out their revenues, their expenses, and their assets and debts. And a judge and and both sides have to substantiate what they put in there. And the judge down the line will determine, you will negotiate based on that, what the spousal support is. But there's no law, you've been married for five years, you're going to get $5,000 a month.
0: Right, right, right. Or for how long?
1: Exactly. Okay. The longer you're married,
0: the longer uh,
1: chances are it'll go on, unless you do what I'm planning to do in a file uh, right now, is to ask for a clean break settlement, which means a that, lump sum, yeah, but big enough
0: to provide for the needs having been invested. Right, uh, Linda Hammerschmidt is still with us, so if you have some questions, uh, you can get them in five one four eight hundred.
1: This is Passion on CJAD 800.
0: Maître Linda Hammerschmidt joins me tonight to answer some of your questions about family law. Uh, here's a question for you, uh, Linda. Realistically, until what age is child support payable to? In my divorce settlement, there is no end date? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay,
1: well, first of all, having been married since we got divorced, uh, under the Divorce Act, child support is payable <clears throat> so long as the child is, eight under 16, and or still in a, a full-time educational institution and can't support themselves. So, okay. for example, <clears throat> if uh, grandma, grandpa, or uncle, Fester uh, left them a trust fund that uh, gives them uh, $30,000 a year, court's going to consider that. That's not most cases, but mm-hmm. but it can happen, or if they work all summer and not now, Alberta, and they got like $20,000 for four months, that also is going to be uh, uh, considered in the determination of the child support. doesn't mean that the, the child has to pay and use all of that twenty, dollars but, but we'll have to contribute, and, it's, and the court will decide that if the parties can't negotiate it. So normally speaking, parents want better for their children than themselves, And that usually includes uh, at least a university education of some sort. doesn't mean you send the kid to Oxford unless you can afford it and they want to go and they got in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But uh, certainly uh, in divorces of previously married people, uh, child support will be payable through uh, at least one university degree. And if both parents are university graduates themselves, hard pressed to go in and say I don't want to pay for my for education. education right and so the and kids are not and if you're not married and uh you <clears throat> then theoretically it's still 18 but again uh, a child uh, is not necessarily self-sufficient and earning capacity wise at 18 and some people you know tell their former partners
0: as, soon as the kid turns 18, I'm not gonna pay anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if there's a judgment, that's that's a problem for you okay. <laughs> again. <laughs> so here, the kids are uh, wrote back. The kids are 18 and 19. One is in school full time, and one is not. So. Well, if
1: the child support was set for two of them, and only and and one is self sufficient now, then it can be readjusted uh, to whatever the needs of the remaining child is. doesn't mean it gets cut in half. It's not that kind of an equation. It'll still be according to the uh, the child support determination form, uh, but you'll put in one child as opposed to two.
0: Okay. Another question for you. If one person has a home and the couple marries, if they become divorced, does the person that did not own the home, are they entitled to the increase of the value of the home or is it 50% each of the home? It's definitely
1: not 50% each unless during the marriage the the, uh, owner of the house decided to uh, transfer half-ownership to the other person. So what it will be is you determine what the value of the house was on the date of the uh, marriage. If it was fully owned, completely without a mortgage, then it's excluded from the family patrimony. If there was a mortgage, then you have to determine... One, the net value at marriage, and then what the value is at the time of the divorce based on, a, a, you know, what was the value of the asset that it would have increased anyway. So you have to subtract that part, so mm-hmm. the 300000 and it would have become 400000 all by itself. Then you're going to deduct 400000 and then this is a simple thing. It's, you know, it's more mm-hmm. complicated than that. And then if the house is actually worth 600 then the parties will put the, the extra, extra two th-
0: okay. in half, and the other person will get their four. So, but if that, let's say the house is completely paid for, and well, they sell after it. The fact, after the fact? If it, uh, before, let's say it was, oh, yeah, no, let's say, yeah, yeah, let's say it was... To- Completely, it,
1: I, I, I said that if the house was fully paid for before the marriage with no mortgage,
0: then they are not entitled to anything, not even if the value increases of that. house. That's correct, because it's not a family patrimony
1: asset. However, if huh. there was a mortgage, there's going to be a value and the person will be entitled to that portion of the value 50 50 theoretically, unless there was also inheritances and everything involved. But anyway. Right. Doesn't mean, <clears throat> doesn't mean that you can't somehow come in the back door and ask for lump sums and whatever to counterbalance that problem.
0: Right. So somebody saying, can a person without a job presently call Linda to discuss further? Uh, I would assume there are people. Anybody who are,
1: can call me doesn't mean.
0: That you're going to it. speak to them. Um, no,
1: no. That I'm, I'm kidding. I'm going to take the mandate.
0: Right. You don't, but. Uh, okay. I don't work for free. No, and I don't know too many who do, but there are uh, legal aid um, lawyers, right? I don't take those mandates. I know, but where do people go? Private
1: practitioners are able to do that if they so wish. Not what I do.
0: Okay, very good.
1: If I'm not going to get paid, as I've always said, in fact, in court and two judges, then I'll stay home with my dog.
0: (laughs) You don't need to justify to me or to any of us. You know
1: my dog. (laughs) That's
0: right. um somebody writes it personally in these times it is becoming easier to give up on relationships getting on each other's nerves anxiety and plain fed up with covid divorce covid is just not a good idea maybe temporary separation is a better option it's only a better option if you can afford to have two homes that's quite true that's yeah and then a cute joke to break up the seriousness. Mattel coming out with a new doll, divorce Barbie, comes with all of Ken's stuff. That's an old <laughs> joke. That's a very old joke. I'm sure you've heard that one.
1: Oh, many times. Ages many times.
0: ago. So what do you think that the, one question I have now is where you might get some uh, contention or some, some friction is when the kids have to go back to school, where you might have... Uh, two parents who are completely on disagree. different camps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they
1: disagree. It's not healthy. It's healthy. It's okay. Whatever. Right. All, again, question of proof and what's in the best interest. And as the government across the nation are implementing uh, return to school policies, it's going to be very difficult for a parent to use that as an excuse. It's hard enough now. It's going to be worse later mm-hmm. because they're enacting uh, their, their re relinquishing the emergency uh, orders put in place to keep it like, schools closed and whatever. So you can't use just like you can't use COVID as the reason not to go back to work.
0: Mm-hmm. You can't
1: use it as a reason not to send your kids to school. Right. I'm if, just if parents, you know, if both parents are happy and they're, they're together and they don't want to send their kids to school. That's something else. But once there's a fight involved and they're
0: separating and getting divorced, then it's they agree or they're in court. Right. I'm just worried also about, like, let's say the schools open and then shut down again, you know, like the same thing like that happened at the well, end of the school year.
1: Well, then it
0: will the same thing. <laughs> I know, but then it's a, I, the mess that that caused in terms of those who are working, those who are not working, and then how many and who's doing the teaching. And, and it nobody from the uh, a rose garden.
1: Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> As somebody says separate for a year and then decide for a divorce. I mean, isn't yeah, that? Yeah, but
1: again, separating means somebody's moving out. Yes. Somebody's renting or buying a house. It costs money, and and then you unless you're going back home to your parents or your sister or whatever, and and uh, because if you make that kind of financial decision, it's not obvious you're coming back either.
0: Right, that's, that's quite true. But from a legal standpoint, but Linda... You, what I'm trying to say is
1: if you haven't decided to take proceedings, you won't have a, a judgment that says you're supposed to get X dollars Right. unless unless the person voluntarily wants to pay you some sum and who knows what that might be. And so how that's are you going true. to support yourself for that whole year?
0: Mm. So can you get a judgment from not a divorce judgment but a separation judgment? But it still involves going to court. You can't right. just, like, move out of the house because, you know. So, really, what you're saying, bottom line, is a lot of planning goes into even separation. Getting
1: married.
0: Take, yeah, that's true. Getting married <laughs> <laughs> starts with that. Starts you know with me. that. You know I know me. you, that's for sure. Linda, thank you so much once again. If people do want to get in touch with you, uh, how do they do that?
1: They can call the office, 514. 514- Eight four six ten thirteen, or you can email me at hammerschmid
0: at bif, com. Wonderful. Linda, thank you. We'll speak again uh, next month. Excellent. All right. You take care. Thanks. Thank you all for your uh, text messages tonight and uh, all of your questions. I know it's a very touchy subject, very important subject, but. Uh, I'm just grateful that we have uh, a professional like Linda who can answer some of our uh, some of your questions here tonight. Thank you to our technical producer tonight, Jimmy Garofales. If you can, uh, you want to connect with me, you could do that on social media at Dr. Lori Petito or through my website, DrLori.com. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.
1: I roll this off.